Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. So, 
what are your closing thoughts on the women's side in terms of what how, how everything folded and what do we have to look forward to in regards to one Miss Barty? So, um, Ashley Barty, 23-year-old yes. Australian, wins the French Open title. You know what? Good for her. She's uh, didn't come out of nowhere. <clears throat> She's been slowly Bye. making her way on tour. Um, she's got, you know, pocket full of titles to her name. Um, of course, this is her biggest win. Um, it's not surprising given who was left in the field. Uh, the French mm-hmm. open is known for the grand slam that might produce that kind of out of nowhere winner. So, you know, in context, it's not really that odd. But, you know, like you said, I did say, who knows what's going to happen with this women's side. Um, Marquita, or Marquetta, I think you say her name, Marquetta Bondrasova, Ashley Barty's opponent, 19-year-old from Czech, uh, the Czech Republic. I honestly don't know her that well. I have a podcast listener, shout out to Daniel, because he brings her name up every chance he gets. Every single time. Please. He's like, watch out for Vondrasova. Vondrasova's coming. Wow. She's coming. She's coming. Well, you know what, Daniel? She came. <laughs> I don't know if she's coming back, but she made it this time. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure that this yeah, is the start of welcome. something. Yeah. I, I, hopefully this is the start of something great for her. Like I said, she's 19 years old. So, you know, hey, it wasn't a very compelling final. Um, it was straightforward. Mm-hmm. Ashley Barty kicked her yeah. ass. I'm sure that yes, some of did. that was I, – I think probably some of that was just the sheer overpowering of Barty. Barty plays a very um, – she hits a big, heavy ball. And – uh she could handle the moment because, you know, she's got some titles. I think this was her 10th title, something right around there. Um, Vajrasova has one, I think one. So, you know, this is a grand slam final. You're 19 years old. How are you going to handle that moment? Like, you know, you're, when you play tennis, you don't have a coach. Well, in the grand slams, you don't have a coach. Um, to mm-hmm. pump you up or to tell you you're doing this right or wrong or change something, you're in your own head. you got to figure it out on your own and do your thing. And I'm sure that's a very huge, heavy moment for a 19-year-old woman. Um, and, you know, Barty's just more experienced in it, and it showed. Good for her. Congratulations, Ash Barty, tennis player, took a break, played some cricket for the Australian women's you know, whatever wow. they call it. I don't know shit about cricket. And now she's back to tennis. She did win a, she, you know, this isn't her first Grand Slam win. Um, Ash Barty actually won okay. the U.S. Open doubles title last year with Trump lover oh, Coco okay. Vandaway. <laughs> so much for God's work, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, 6-1, six, 6-3 six, in the final, that was a thorough ass whooping. I mean, good for Barty. Ugly. But let me ask you this, since at least on the women's side, the, the French Open seems to be so damn un, unpredictable. Is this like, I mean, probably in Barty's case, maybe because she's been coming for a while, but 
is this like a should the women's women of the French Open consider be considered a jump off for bigger, brighter things, a la Wimbledon, a la the U.S. Open and Australian Opens, or is it nah. just that? I mean, that, listen, that, if you can if you could take this momentum and you can carry that on, who am I to say you know no? Go for it. Do whatever it is you need to do. <laughs> but I don't know that clay this this tournament is a predictor of other things. I, I don't buy into that. Um, yeah, yeah, no. No. <laughs> why, why is that? No. Why, why, why I, is that? Yes, I mean, why be, is well, because the surface of clay neutralizes a lot of things. Um, it makes people um, on a more equal playing field on this surface in some ways than on others. You know, the clay can really neutralize a big serve, like a big, huge serve, isn't going to come at you as big on clay because the when the ball hits the clay, it slows everything down. That's just the nature of the surface. So that doesn't always translate that well. You know, they're going to go from clay to grass. Grass is supposed to be fast. We don't have time to talk about that. But – it's faster mm-hmm. than clay. You know, the bounce is different. I mean, and that's why it's impressive when you have champions who are able to win on multiple surfaces because you have to adjust your game to each surface. So sure. things that are weapons in some places on other surfaces may not be your weapon on clay. On clay, you need to, you know, have a lot of endurance. The points are longer um, the matches are longer because the points are longer, the rallies are longer, you know, because that kill shot that would be a kill shot on a hard court or on a grass court yep. may not be a kill shot on a clay court. You know, it's funny that you said that because it seems, because that, that's going to be my next question how does one adjust, like strategize? Uh, because I noticed that over the years, like the serve and volleyers from like at least from Pete Sampras for is a good example. It doesn't mm-hmm. tra- never didn't never translate it to, 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 to clay. It never mm-hmm. did. Instead you have no. like Andre Agassi who had no not only great endurance but he had great defense. He could wear you down mm-hmm. on the back of mm-hmm. back on the baseline. And that used to eat Sampras up every single time. He would kick ass on like well, car services and grass but never yeah. on clay. You are correct. Hello, Rafa Nadal. <laughs> How about that? And yep, yeah. and, and, and which explains Roger Federer, you know, like except for that one year, like when he just kept coming, kept coming to short on, on like, uh, like on clay. So let me ask you this right quick. So, so just compare the terms to like, uh, like, uh, like for one brief moment because you touched on something here. So basically, based on what we just, I guess, opinion, like, like said. Um, a defensive player would fare far better on clay than on uh, on a fast surface, and vice versa for like a, a like a powerful offensive minded player. Is that a fair assessment? Pretty much. Um, no, I, it used to be. It used to be a fair assessment. It's not a fair assessment anymore because um, I think that we have touched on this a little bit in the past. The surfaces aren't that different anymore, so you know, 10, 12 years ago, that was a fair assessment. Now it's not. Uh, Grass isn't nearly as fast as it used to be. 
the hard courts are not nearly as fast as they used to be. Everything has been slowed down. So those baseline defensive players are doing better on surfaces where uh, decades ago they would have been considered, you know, a clay court specialist. The only clay court specialist we really have these days is Rafa Nadal. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, when I started watching tennis when I was little, there were, there were players who only won on clay. You know, that's, that's what they did. They didn't win anywhere else or maybe didn't even play, you know, because that wasn't their surface because the surfaces were so different. But they have changed. Um, tremendously they have changed. So they're way more similar. Even though you're going to adjust your style of play and your um, your game plan, depending on right. your surface, the surface itself, the, the differences used to be way more dramatic than they are now, way more. Yeah. So you said you said that you attribute it to like training, like more sophisticated training. The players are stronger, more endurance. It's not yeah, a, players are in a, general stronger. They're stronger. They're yeah. taller. They're more muscular. They're faster. I mean, just like any other sport, they just their the physicality of their bodies just keeps getting better. You know. Right. So all of, right. of course all of that matters. Of course it does. Okay, so we'll wrap this segment up about the men's side. Like the OG did it again, Rafa, six three seven five seven six one six one over your boy Tim. Uh, <laughs> oh, I guess he doesn't think he's tough enough anymore, huh, Dominic Tim? Um, but seriously, I mean, the so, doll he's just a goat on on clay services. But give me your thoughts on the final, right, uh, right quick, because I know you get get a thought. See, no, Dominic. Dominic Team was in the final in 2018. Right. And clearly yeah. didn't win that one either. I think this year he mm-hmm. probably felt that he had a better chance. He came into this tournament with um, some wins under his belt against Rafa. Um, you know, he I'm sure he had more confidence. Um, that first set was good tennis. Um Lots of really competitive tennis, but I'm watching it and I'm thinking Rafa can do this and play at this level for the next 10 years. Dominic team is not going to last. He's not. So set Mm. two happens and Dominic team actually takes the set. And I was like, Oh, for fuck's sake, we're going to be here all day because now Rafa's just going to be pissed off. So, because let, let's make something clear. Even though Rafa won set three and four easily, it still takes forever because he plays so slow. That motherfucker plays so incredibly slow. <laughs> so, you know, he loses, Rafa loses the second set. And, and like I said, I'm just like, oh, he's going to be pissed off now. But bye, Dominic. Because Rafa doesn't, I don't think Rafa Nadal has ever gone five in the fifth set or five in the final at Roland Garros. I don't think that's ever happened. Somebody can fact check mm. me on that, but I'm pretty sure he's gone five at that tournament, but never in the final. And he's just like, you know, what do we say to the God of death? Not today. <laughs> Bye-bye, Dominic. Mm-hmm. And he just <laughs> fucking steamrolled him. He steamrolled him. Yeah. I, 
I told you, I, I told you, if if Rafa's in that final against anybody other than Novak, Rafa wins. And that's what we got. And I, you know, I mean, I have lots of thoughts on that. I find it very suspect and suspicious that he has 12 French Opens. I cannot wait to have the Rafa Nadal conversation in about 15, 20 years. Um, but, you know, make of that whatever you will. I find it very, very <laughs> interesting. Um, Roger Federer took an ass whooping from Nadal. Yes, he did. Ass whooping. And he said yes, he there is nobody who comes close to him on clay. Now, keep in context and keep in mind that Roger Federer has consistently been the number two clay court player in the world behind Rafa his entire career. And he is, and he got – people do not know that because Rafa always wins, right? But Federer has always been mm-hmm. the one knocking on his heels. And for him – to say nobody even comes close, and he made it to the semifinals, think about that. Just think about that. How remarkable, how extraordinary, how super is that? I wonder what it really means. Hmm. You know what? What do you That's think it means? What I think it means, I, I, I think you got the two OGs, Federer and, oh, okay. and Nadal. I mean, the two I, I, they're the two OGs. I mean, he just pre- he said it without having to say it, without regard to, to to Djokovic. I mean, it's like you said it yourself. All these all the past years, I mean, Djokovic's rise notwithstanding, it's it's been those two. It's been those two. It's been Fed. It's been the doll. Whether it's Clay or whether it's the other services, because remember, like the doll has no. That's not true. Open. That's not true, Scotty. That's not true. What are you talking about? It's not What's always up? it's not always been Federer and Nadal. For several years well, I, Federer I just kind of went away. Yeah. For the yeah, last yeah, probably yeah. four or five years, it's really been more um Djokovic and the world. I mean, like nobody has been able to touch mm-hmm. him and Federer has, you know, snuck in a couple here and there, but I it just listen. It is amazing. I I am a fan of sports. I love mm-hmm. sports. I feel really privileged to be able to witness this and can acknowledge that I am seeing something that, you know, that is going down in the history books forever. Now, whether or not it has an asterisk by it one day or it gets completely erased, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. But this <laughs> is completely wild to me. It is wild because you know what happens? Rafa trains so hard, and it's like no matter what, no matter what injury he's been battling, he gets to Roland Garros, and it's like he steps into Paris, and boom, his body is healed, and he can play like nobody's business, and he's amazing, and nobody can stop him, and then Roland Garros is over, and he goes to Wimbledon, and holy shit if he didn't lose in the second round, or even the third. And then he may or may not make it to the U.S. Open. He may or may not play, you know, one or two hardcourt seasons or tournaments because his body has completely broken down again. I find it amazing how he just seems to spring to life in Paris. They must have some really amazing water there. Drink up, people. You know what? 
it's like soccer players sprinkle that, that what I call it magic water on their asses when they fall down and take an injury. Just squirt uh-huh. the magic water bottle. That's probably how Nadal is in, 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 in Arizona. I think he's got some magic. I think he's got some magic. And that's another conversation for another time. Hey, sis, <laughs> it's been great, man. Um, <laughs> it's been great. We'll, we'll talk next month when Wimbledon rolls around. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, take care. That's Bye-bye. Oh, one more thing. Danita? Yes. Yes. One more thing. Remind us listeners when your Real Tennis Fans podcast is on YouTube, when, when is it playing? So our new episodes typically drop on a Tuesday, and we are Real mm-hmm. Tennis Fans. You can find us on YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. Cool. All right, now. See you, see, see you next month. Thank you. Thank you. That's my girl, Gina Reed. Please check her out with a crew on Real Tennis Fans YouTube podcast. You heard her. She said every Tuesday it drops, so check her out. So we're going to move from there to the NBA Finals. We'll be talking this with my, my two guys um, from, like, the uh, the, the Weekend Adjustments uh, radio show on WMOH, uh, the ticket. Here's at least one of them on the line, Kevin McCune. I think Gerald Singers is going to be joining us a little bit later. What's going on, Kevin? How you doing, sir? I uh, doing good, Scott. Uh, happy to be back. Glad to talk uh, basketball again. Uh, I don't think we have much to cover tonight, though. That uh, could be could be hard to find some time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you sound like you, you you're a robot. Are you okay? Uh, do you have a sore throat, or is it just the phone or my phone? Uh, uh, I'm I'm probably getting over a cold, so that might be it. Oh. Oh, God bless you. Okay, okay, my bad on that. Um, no, you're good. Yeah, we'll make a quick call. No, no, no worries. We'll, we'll, we'll make it quick for your uh, vocal cords' sake. Um, no, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. I can talk in however long you want. Game five, rather. I mean, I have a feeling this should have been a sweep. I mean, Toronto's obviously better. And, yeah, I know what they say about a heart of a champion to go to state. They play mm-hmm. with a lot of heart. And sure, there was fire with Kevin Durant, unfortunately, going down again. We'll talk about that momentarily. But and you, why in the hell are the Golden State Warriors still in this? I mean, they just got that much harder or is Toronto just playing around too much? Um, you know, I think I, I kind of want to get back to the point you were making uh, with or that Janina was making there about the French Open, that it's just it's hard to adjust to clay, right? Uh, yeah. She was talking about Clay Courts, but I was talking about Clay Thompson. Uh, <laughs> nice. He's shooting at uh, he's uh, he's shooting at uh, historic levels. I uh, shooting forty nine percent from three uh, in the finals. Uh, that's the highest percentage ever. Um, you know, through what five games, and you know the dude the dude might just be a, a spot up shooter. And, and you know, she talked about some tennis players being you know bigger, stronger, faster, et cetera, but. Um, and, you know, Nadal having the advantage uh, on clay courts. Well, clay, Thompson, there's NBA players. There's, there's a lot of guys on the Raptors bigger, stronger, faster than him. But uh, he's just been a marksman, and he's been a thorn in the Raptors' side. I think we saw it in, in game three. Was it when he when he had to sit out with the, the strained um, what he, strained hammy or calf or whatever he, he, the injury he'd had, um, and, and how the Raptors uh, just took advantage and, uh, easily won that game. 
Uh, and I will agree with what you said at the start uh, of the segment, Scott, that, yeah, it maybe should have been a sweep. The Raptors are the better team. Uh, the Raptors are the better team because Kevin Durant's right. out. Because I think, I think we saw in the, uh, what, 12 minutes that he played, that very well could have been a sweep the other way if he if he had been healthy uh, throughout the series. I think there's no question the Warriors are a better team if he's healthy, obviously. Um, yeah, no doubt. But no doubt. I as, far as, as far as game five goes. But it's, it's, no, no, that's but, okay. I, I was going to say, um, I mean, we would never know, which, is, which sucks because, I mean, wouldn't have been the ultimate matchup like Kevin Durant versus Kawhi Leonard? As far as the marquee matchup, oh yeah, it's, it's funny that people would still forget about Clay and Stephen Curry mm-hmm. for some reason. But you know, right. the thing Black is that Black. I think, to your point, this series has been open six for Golden State with a healthy Kevin Durant. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, um, oh yeah, no, I'm, and I picked but, but, the Raptors but, the first week I came but, on with you, but that was because Durant was hurt. Yeah, exactly, and that's the only reason why Toronto should have wrapped this thing up a long time ago, which I think. Mm-hmm. Something tells me they're going to wrap it up tomorrow night. So, do you think we'll see a game seven? Do you think Golden State will find a way to rally and come out and fumes in game seven? Or what's your estimation, right quick? Yeah, I know. Um, you know, for me, it's very hard to think that the Splash Brothers, Curry, Thompson, what they've been, what Golden State has been on this, uh, this <laughs> incredible run they've had the last five years, that they're going to go 0 3. In Oracle for the finals, um, I picked Toronto in seven. Um, there's this this part of me that wants to be conservative, that wants to say, "Oh no, I'm still, I'm still thinking it's Toronto in seven. But then there's another part of me that yeah. looks at Game Five, that looks at the numbers in Game Five, sees that uh, Toronto was, I think it was, I want to say it was eight for thirty-two. I might be wrong, but they they shot twenty-five percent from three. You look at Golden State, on the other hand, shot and close to fifty percent from three. Um, Kevin Durant scored 11 minutes or 11 points in 12 minutes, so he scored a point per, almost per minute that he's out there. And with all of that, they still only won by one um, against Toronto. So to think that that was like the Herculean effort that Golden State had to have from the Flash Brothers to escape in Game Five and force Game Six. There's also that other part of me that thinks it's hard to it's hard to pick Golden State. In game six, so I, I don't know, guys. It's, it's just such a. It's so hard to say, you know. Uh, yeah, Golden State's going zero and three in Oracle, or mm-hmm. but at the same time, the numbers just suggest that Toronto, if they play uh, just halfway decent basketball, they should they should wrap it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I feel like Toronto wins game six. Um, Me too. Can I can I can I'm I do that legally with? It? Can I, can, I, can I lean that way legally but not back off my prediction of Toronto and seven at the same time? Can I take that coward? <laughs> well, as, well, as long as you got Toronto win the whole thing, I think you're covered. But to your point, Golden State, it's like, and in, 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 uh, we'll, we'll wrap this little section of this and before we move to Kevin Durant right quick. Yep, sure. It's like, the, the, win, it's like the, the Golden State's been just winning with threes. I know that sounds basic. I know mm-hmm. that sounds like, well, duh. But the whole thing right. is, as crazy hot as it has been from three, they only won by one point, which is why right. I'm sharing a brand with you that goes right. that Toronto should win game six. They, I think I think right. Golden State's on their last legs, and 
I think is about to see an end of a dynasty. But uh, right quick about Kevin Durant, which, I, again, it was sad. It sucks. I saw that happen live. I'm sure you did, too. I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. But but let me ask you this. This may sound like a dumb question to you, but some people ask no, no. it anyway. Does this or should this affect his his free agency in terms of will he get the max from other squads even though he will probably um, redshirt in 2019 and 2020. Right. Uh, you know, in in my opinion, you talked about what an epic battle and matchup it would have been, aside from the Splash Brothers being in it, if it had been, you know, KD versus Kawhi in these finals. And, you know, it's my personal opinion that the top three players in the world rank them however you want them, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Sly Litter. Um, you know, yep. and, and not too far away, maybe, you know, Steph and some other guys. But uh, so mm-hmm. – Maybe if we're talking about somebody else, uh, maybe. But you know, right now, Durant is still in his prime, and I still think what yeah, he offers you, even if you don't, even if you don't get him next year, even if next year's a wash, say it's the Knicks if that's where he's going, or if he's you know teaming with Kyrie in Brooklyn, or even if he's staying in Golden State, if, if next year's a wash, what he gives you the following year, um, and um, yeah, I think it just makes sense to still to still go after him. I think Durant's probably going to take the, the smart money and opt in and take that 31 mil guaranteed uh, for his final year in Golden State and just sit out the year while he, he uh, recovers from what I think just minutes before uh, I came on. I think Durant yeah. confirmed on Twitter it was a ruptured Achilles. Um, right. You know, so he'll be out the whole year. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's what Durant will do. But as far as strategically what teams will do, I don't see anyone backing off because you're talking about a Cal no, player that is that is up there with, like, the LeBron James of the world. I agree. I don't think it would be foolish to back off of him. I mean, I'm talking to you, Knicks. Uh, <laughs> it would be foolish to back yeah, off of him. Yeah. I think I read somewhere. Well, that, like a, like you're a right, but no, I, I, I think I saw earlier today that Durant was about to back like to opt out, um, you know, I think I saw that earlier today. I have to check, I have to double check myself. But I know Calvin, okay. I know it's a separate conversation. I know he opted out, but I think, I, I right. think Durant opted out as well. But let, let, but let me just uh, double check myself. I don't want to just give you bad well, information. But Kyrie, Kyrie yeah. just uh, signed with the Rock, Rock Nation. I think it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think he's Sports Agency. Brooklyn. So yeah, well, I think he's that's, good. Yeah, that's yeah, Durant, Rock Nation representation too. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, you know Jay Z is the the minority owner of what of guess who the Brooklyn Nets. So I, I you can't help but but connect the dots with that one. Uh, no doubt. Now, yeah, if, I, I, if I, you yeah. were to go to okay. so I, no, I, I just because oh, I know okay. you're you're a Knicks fan, and if you were to go to the Knicks, <laughs> like I think yeah, you know, a dream scenario, you get another year to be terrible. You get another top draft pick next year. You, you might be pairing the number one overall pick with KD, you know, if, if, with whoever else you might be able to get. Mm-hmm. If, you, if they're not able to pull in AD, you know, um, yeah. to pair with them. So, so I, it's not the end of the world if you have another bad year, if you've got KD in your back pocket. Right. That's true. We just redshirt him, no doubt. And, you know, with, with the assets we have, we would have in that scenario, I mean, I know if they're afraid of part with the assets they have right now for for Anthony Davis. Like, didn't they? I think we're still feeling the sting of the Carmelo Anthony trade way back when. But 
I mean, you know, it, it's, it's all about stashing that. It's nothing, about, it's nothing wrong with signing and stashing, you know, especially if we get another right. superstar to come to New York. So, so it's not right. it's not all is lost. So I'm hanging in there, brother. I'm I'm twitching, I'm, I'm, I'm twitching my fingers. I get my fingers crossed. Just saying. <laughs> all right, bro. Take some tea and honey. Tea and honey. All right. All right. That's your homework assignment. All right. Take care, brother. All right. We'll do. Thanks, guys. All right, that's my guy Kevin McCune just playing hurt, if you will, like like with get, like getting over a cold. It's the face of this broker cord. So props to him for manning through that uh, and pushing through through the through the uh, podcast segment. I'm gonna just wrap this up. We're talking about the U.S. Women's National Team right quick. There are a lot of people, and I wrote a blog post about this earlier today because people just sometimes it's, it's people just get on my damn nerves. I mean, you have the, all these people whining and complaining and bitching and moaning about, oh, the U.S. women's national team did on women's class. Oh, they scored too many goals on the underman team in Thailand. Oh, they shouldn't be celebrating all these goals. Blah, 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 blah. Listen, stop it, okay? Just stop it. I mean, I, I, I just don't understand why people get their pennies in a bunch over just some just some. It's inconsequential crap. I mean, look, first of all, it's, it, anyone who pays attention to, the, to soccer in general, especially soccer at the highest level, knows that it's very hard to score, let alone score over, like, over five goals, or in this case, score 13 goals. And a lot of the goals that, scored, that were scored later in, late in the match were from people who were on the World Cup stage for the very first time. Of course they're going to celebrate. I mean, when are they going to get? If, are they going to? I mean, who knows if they're going to get a chance to celebrate again? You know, as all these first timers. And also, last I checked, World Cup are, are played with professional athletes by professional athletes, which means they get paid. Which means that no one's crying for you, Argentina. All right. The name of the game. Hey, look. If, if, if Thailand and credit to them for not appearing to be openly pissed off and sensitive about it. But if Thailand wanted the U.S. was sick and tired of U.S. Uh, women celebrating, showboating—I don't think they were showboating—but celebrating and, and doing whatnot, stop them. All they had to do was stop them. Stop them from getting the ball into the to the back of the net, their own net. Stop them. That's all you got to do. It just it works in professional sports. It works in college and the highest level, especially college football and basketball and maybe baseball too. If you don't like the showboating, if you don't like the trash talk, if you don't like them run up the score, well, damn it, you got to stop them. That's your, that's, 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 that is your job, is to stop them. So, you know, one last thing. I mean, I mean, this makes me so damn sick. I mean, for them talking about, well, what about the children? What, a, what about all this crap that they have to deal with? Well, this, what would they think about the example the women are setting? With all this bravado and all this posturing and all this bragging, well, look, I'm glad y'all say that because this is what the kids will say. Something that goes like this, a couple of quotes. Boy, if we don't want to get an asses kit, we better try and work really hard. And here's the second quote they, they, they thought that they might think. And I said this earlier. If we don't want to see the opposing team celebrate rubbing in, by golly, we gotta we gotta keep those cats from scoring. So you talk about life lessons. Well, there's another life. Here's another life lesson, uh, ladies and gentlemen. 
If you don't want to be showed up, if you don't want to be embarrassed, you got to work hard. In the addition of working hard, you have to succeed. And then, you know, and if someone's trying to get over you, keep them from succeeding from doing by doing your best. It works in all levels of sports. It works in all levels in life, as far as your career or personal relationships, whatever. If you want to get ahead, got to work hard. You got to play hard. I mean, work like work hard, work smart, play harder. That's all you got to do. So I don't have a problem with the women doing what they did. I don't have a problem in showboating in general. It is what it is. So once again, if you have a problem, stop it. Stop them from scoring. Stop them from doing their thing. And just, I, God, people are just annoying me sometimes. We're just like the whiniest society. I mean, it's we're just we're just becoming we're just becoming too soft. Anyway, let me just stop before I, I really cut somebody out. Thank y'all for tuning into the podcast. This is Scott Burke signing off. Oh, six. All right. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.